0: Action Park Media.
1: Victory the podcast. Bizarro world. I'm Kevin Connolly. And you are?
0: Emmanuel Shrieky.
1: Wow. What? Emmanuel Shrieky is in fact in the live room. Filling in for God knows who, Doug, <laughs> yeah. Kevin, we don't even know at this point.
0: We're just hanging. Yeah. yeah.
1: This just, is a, this is a hang. It's a hang. That's what a podcast is. It's a hang. Yeah. Doug's on a, on a. he's protesting or he's on a, it's on a contract holdout. We don't know what Doug's doing. He went to Napa and he never came back, but uh, we will figure it out. The show must go on because we have a very special guest.
0: Oh, uh, one of the most special
1: this is a highly touted, highly anticipated guest. I can't believe Doug's missing this. The one and only Carla Gagina is going to yes. be
0: joining us. Yes, so excited for this.
1: Now, you and Carla go way back. You and Carla met on Entourage, but somehow 100%. you guys formed this bond.
0: Yeah. We met Kev on the Queen Mary ship, remember? Oh, my Remember goodness. when you and I got lost That's and we right. thought there were ghosts on the
1: ship? We were looking for ghosts on the <laughs> Queen Mary. Carla Gagina, for those of you that live under a rock... Played Amanda Daniels on on Entourage, but honestly...
0: Her resume is so extensive.
1: Right. If you would say that was the person from so-and-so, right? Oh, Kevin gonley Entourage, right? It's, it's crazy what it, she does.
0: It's insane. And, you know, Carla is one of these people that is truly one of my creative inspirations. Right. You know that. She's such an artist through and through. She lives, eats, breathes this... And she's so amazing at it. And, like, if you have had the pleasure of seeing her in the theater. Oh, my goodness. It's astonishing. Right. Yeah. That made me
1: want to quit acting. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I went to see Carla at, I guess it, it was a matinee show. Uh-huh. Right? So God only knows where I was uh, the prior night leading up to that <laughs> Sunday matinee. They're out there just they're spilling their guts on a daily basis. On how, a daily basis. How you drum up that emotion and cry. I mean, she's crying, she's Ugh. laughing. She's th- she, just, she just does it all. Oh, she
0: really does. I know. And with such grace and such commitment. And it, that's the thing. It's really, she's... Uh, I don't know anybody like Carla, especially in our business. She you is. Know?
1: She's a bit of a unicorn. Yep. She's everybody, a unicorn. Everybody loves Carla. Yep. And Carla has a way, and you are this way too, Em. I, when, when you guys would come on set, certainly on Entourage, you had a way of making... Everybody loves Emmanuel and loves Carla, and and you guys, you know, you guys were always great and and always made everybody feel
0: well. We're people people.
1: You're people people. We're people. That's why you guys have become such good friends.
0: Totally, it's wild, and it's so wild too. Because I always say, like on entourage. You know, obviously, I met you. I met Carla. I have, like, longtime friends from the show. like Like, lifetime friends. And with Carla, it was like, we we joke about this. We'll talk about it when she comes on. But it's crazy. I'll wake up, and I'll have, like, a little conversation with her in my head. Like, I'll be like, oh, I got to call Carla and tell her about blah, blah, blah. Five minutes later, she'll text me and be like, Bella M, ciao. We need to catch up. You guys are like, on that wavelength. Lit all the time. It's freaky. Right. Yeah.
1: She's amazing. That's going to be fun. But let's let's talk let's talk about you for a second. Where have you been? Where <laughs> yeah. you been. Emmanuel is draped over the table holding her arms up. So <laughs> yeah. we haven't seen each other in 10 months. Has ten, it been?
0: Ten I mean, months? yeah, cuz I didn't see you at Christmas. We only That's zoomed.
1: Right. We zoomed.
0: Um, so I've been in Vancouver for 10 months. <sighs> September to July. Was supposed to be six and a half, you know. Which things. is a
1: long time in its in itself.
0: That's a lot, but doable. Right. With a little hiatus. It's it it goes quick. Ten months, I mean, we all wanted to pull our hair out. It was a really successful season. Yeah, Superman and Lois. Right. It's, 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 it's a, a big hit. deal. It's a big deal. It's a hit.
1: I'd be lying if I said I don't, that's not part of me that's a little jealous when you're doing scenes with Superman. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, I, I'm going, okay, well, you know, Superman, I guess. Uh, what can you say about that? And he's that?
0: such a good Superman. He's a like, good Superman. Like, Kev, for real. I mean, you know, and you know this about me, that, you know, that it's not my world. This is like dipping my toe into something I knew nothing about. Um, and it's been such a ride, creatively satisfying, which was a concern Concerned for yours. me. Yeah. Right. We
1: spoke about that. Totally. We spoke about that.
0: Um, so it's been a wild ride. It's been really great. The show's a hit. We got, oh, let me see. We got a nomination with the Hollywood Critics Association okay. for Best Network Drama. Right? I mean, what? That's amazing. With like, this is us and da 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 da. So, I mean, listen, it's fun. It's nice. It's nice to be doing something that has, it's different for the network. It's different for the CW like this. It's really hit a new high for them. And that's really exciting because that was our creator's vision all along. And who is the creator of that? Todd Helbing. Todd Helbing. And you love
1: him? Of course. He loves you. Love. Right. He's a great
0: guy to work with. Great.
1: Yeah. You know, the thing about the the 10 and a half months, even as opposed to six and a half months, the real thing that you faced was the quarantine. (sighs) So what for people that don't really understand how a TV shooting schedule works, there are very few actors on shows that are in every scene of uh, uh, every episode, right? So there are times where you will have a couple days off and let's say you have Thursday, (laughs) Friday off, right? And you jump on a plane, you can shoot to New York, you can have extended. So that 10 and a half months was a 10 and a half month lockdown in a hotel, which makes it- In an apartment. In an apartment.
0: In a great apartment, thank God. Right. But you're absolutely right, Kev. It was- Five lockdowns, like quarantines, like two heavy duty quarantines, not leaving your place, ordering in. Yeah. When you're not working every day, you know, this was ultimately the biggest challenge it's one thing to be stuck in your apartment it's another to be stuck in a city because the border is closed so nobody can come see well, it's you it's another country it's another country that's, we're talking that's Canada yeah.
1: we're friends with Canada but it's a separate country
0: it's but, a separate country and it's never been more clear than during this last year my goodness like you feel fi- honest to god Kev there were times I felt like I was in Siberia I was like, what truthfully I was like, and and to, like, to, you know, I've called you in tears. Like, I was just like, I can't do this again next season. My mental health will suffer. Right. Not will. It It took a beating this past year.
1: You and I spoke probably the first three times in a row that we spoke, you were in tears within five minutes. And it's just tears of frustration. And Emmanuel and I both recognize how lucky she is to... Have the job. Obviously. These are
0: all... Yes. That
1: that all goes without saying. That
0: all goes without saying.
1: Saying that, it's hard to be locked down.
0: And you know what, Kev? And this is what I say to anybody is that, like, it it doesn't matter you were working, not working, rich, poor, healthy, not healthy. This pandemic had its way with you no matter who you were. Yeah. So, of course, there were, uh, you know, blessings in abundance, But but... The stuff that we lived through is unprecedented, changed us forever.
1: One of the other things that always will stand out is obviously 9-11, right? Yeah. This, dare I say, with the utmost respect, just dwarfs Mm 9-11, the the, the ripple effects. I mean, we're still kind of feeling it, right?
0: 100%. There's like, Kev, do you find in your circle or your friends or your family, there's like a certain level of PTSD of like when things are starting to go back, I'm freaked out.
1: I went to Vegas for one night this weekend. It was my first wow. time that I've been on a plane. How about this? First time that I've been out of California since we were in Saudi Arabia. Wow. Right. So What exactly what you're saying, just adjusting to, okay, there's a million people in here. I my just the, the stress levels. It took a second sure. to kind of get that straightened out. So it was, yeah. I mean, I think, do you feel like we're coming out of it?
0: I do. I do. I uh, Absolutely. I think... Um... Listen, this is controversial. I think that there's a pushback, particularly in this country, about getting vaxxed. Right. I think the more people that are vaccinated, the better. Right. We're not out of the woods with the
1: new with variant. the Delta, Delta variants, variant, is,
0: which right. is you know very contagious. Right. Not as deadly, thank God. So I do think that we're we're seeing our way through, and I think it's it's going to be a new normal for a long time.
1: I really believe that if you make a personal choice, not get vaccinated. I get that. Yeah. Funny for me, I have a newborn baby that can't get vaccinated. Right. right? So I want everybody to be able to make their choice. I'm fully on board with that. It complicates things for me because there are people who I respect very much that don't want to be vaccinated. And um, then on the other hand, they can't. See 100%. my baby, you know. So it's just one of
2: those things. On a lighter
1: note, so so Superman and Lois. When does it come back for season two? And when do you leave? How long do you have before you have to go back? And the second time around, it's obviously going to be way easier.
0: Wait, well, listen to this. So uh, it's so fortuitous because I'm Canadian and American. That's right.
1: I remember when you got your green card. Yep,
0: Canadians that are fully vaxxed. Uh, we don't have to quarantine. We can travel in and out of the country. Starting now. Starting now. Great. Already happened. Uh, again, God willing, things Nothing escape. jumps off. Exactly. They stay where they are, right. And then they'll open it up, and hopefully you can come take a trip to Vancouver. It's amazing. Right, right now, we're not there yet. Um, I go back in September. Okay. So it's it's this is still a wonky. It's only a two-month hiatus, but that's okay. Because this time, again, providing everything is on track, it right. would be September to the end of March. Easy peasy. It's
1: easy peasy. And when you can leave for a few days yes. and have people come in and visit, it changes everything. And everything. then it becomes a great place to be. Vancouver's yes. a great place to shoot.
0: And it becomes a dream job. Right. In uh, every then sense. Then when
1: you have those three days off, you go shopping, you go to dinner, you do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Let's jump back. Okay. What's your first acting job that you ever had? What, what The one that counted. Let's say one that got you your SAG card. What oh, acting job got God, you your SAG what card? acting job? Because I was, something else popped up. You managed to, every time I turn around, there's a movie coming out. I feel like I would know. You just work so much, you you, you neglect to mention <laughs> these things. I saw something about some other movie that you're doing. I'm like, I feel like I would have heard about that. I don't know what.
0: Oh, is the wait, Die in a Gunfight? Yes. Is that the what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What that comes that? out on Friday. There you go. Good yeah.
1: promotion. Die in a gunfight. What is die in a gunfight? It's
0: so good. It's uh, it's like a modern day Romeo and Juliet. Really? It's uh, Alexandra Daddario and uh, Diego Benetta. They play the star-crossed lovers. And it's, you know, it's violent and it's sexy. Do you and kill anybody? All these things. I do not. Right. But... Well, you people saw the killed. poster.
1: I saw the poster. You I mean, see how I look. Right.
0: Whoa. Right. Honestly, it's a cameo. Right. Uh, I did it because it's it's Travis Fimmel and myself. I and love Travis Fimmel. Travis is the best. He's so talented.
1: And he's like the real deal. Tra- Travis Fimmel, I don't know if you, if for people that don't know, I I saw him on a show called Vikings that I right. was a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. And he's just a good actor, right? He's a really good He's, he's a really, really good
0: actor. He's intense. And he just... Goes for it. He's like
1: a like a manly man. He's I,
0: like an Aussie manly a, man.
1: This is a true story, and I I, I swear to God, I, why would I make this up? I was at a party, and uh, it was like a Super Bowl party or something. And him and his buddies were there, and you know, people 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 get after it for the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Him and his buddies had a few drinks, and I watched them take turns kicking each other in the balls. And that's a true. and that is oh that's God. a true story. I'm like. Jesus Christ, I, I thought he was tough on Vikings. This is the toughest son of a bitch I've ever seen. I saw his friend kick him in the balls so hard.
0: Wait, that is. I, I was going to call the control. cops, but,
1: the, but does it th- maybe the person that fit with his personality? Like, uh, yeah, kind of. Is that of. way? Like, yeah, by the way, let's headbutt each other, <laughs> headbutt just... me and then kick me in the balls while you're ahead of <laughs> it? I mean, it's pretty wild. I don't know. Yeah.
0: That's so funny.
1: But he was super cool.
0: Yeah, he's great. He's a great guy. He's super talented. So, yeah. So, it was literally, it's this cameo. But, you know, Kev, like, the true sense of the word. Like, go big or go home. Right. Like, it was this opportunity. Can't go no halfway. Can't be half pregnant. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, that was really fun. So, that's coming out on Friday.
1: Do you look at roles like that at who you would be playing against? I mean, of course, yeah. right? I mean, I think that's a natural instinct for, for an sure. actor. You're like, okay, you know, this isn't my movie. It's a smaller role. But if all of my scenes are with this guy, yeah. I'm in.
0: I'm in. Uh, and and also, too, you know, if you talk to the director and there's the carte blanche to really have fun. Just yo, go after right? go, go get it, right? Totally. Right. and. He he was great. Our director was so wonderful and he was so down and he was like, whatever you want to do. And that
1: comes out when? Let's plug this. Let's, how about this? Friday, our this our Friday. co-host is plugging her movie <laughs> while, while we're getting ready to plug Carla's new movie. Yes. But actually, so this will air on Wednesday. So it comes out on Friday. Friday, yep. Great. On
0: uh, all platforms, I believe. And it's called, once again? Die in a Gunfight. Die in a Gunfight.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, you're constantly working. Okay, we have got Carla Gugino coming in. And, and you guys haven't seen each other in two years. Have yeah. you FaceTimed? Yes. Are oh, you FaceTimed. Oh, yeah. Okay. So sorry, it's like, goodness. oh, my God. No, no, okay. no, no, no. All right. So after the break, we will be back. Welcome back. We've got the most highly anticipated guest yet, besides Emmanuel. And now we have Emmanuel <laughs> filling in for Doug and Kevin. Carla Gugino, how are you?
2: Hi, <laughs> guys. Look at you. Oh, my gosh. It's stunning. Okay. <laughs> well i mean let me say you are you are two people that i love to the depths of my soul so, so this is like i i'm just gonna have a hard time not just feeling like we're just can we just have a drink and hang out and talk for a while <laughs> that's but, what this podcast that's what is. is that's what, carla, the podcast that's what it is.
0: is i mean we're gonna you know talk about your
2: projects and everything but this also is a love fest <laughs> carla
1: have you not seen emmanuel in two years
2: yeah it's the longest I think we have ever gone. Isn't it weird? This last uh, time for all of us, it's like, I haven't seen my mom who I'm going to see soon since before the pandemic. Like, I just feel like it's such a, for people who always have appreciated time together and never take it for granted, I feel like it's even more so now,
0: right? <sighs> right. 100%. That's what Kevin and I were talking about that. We're forever changed from this experience. I think we're totally. filled with far more gratitude. Yeah. Uh, we won't take things for granted in the and same way.
1: Everybody has a certain amount of, you know, PTSD in PTSD their own right. PTSD the whatever, max. Whatever that may be, whatever that looks like. And it could be a lot of different things. But, yeah, it seems like things are opening up, so...
2: I, it, but it is, it's like, I don't even feel like I was a person with social anxiety per se, but then I do realize having been this much time without people <laughs> that anything that I've been at with like a group of people, I, I have this, I have like nervous arriving, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's like, I think um, it takes some getting used to, and you realize how we're also, I think in our business and in this country in particular, we're all so like, we get on the train and we don't get off mm-hmm. and we got to get off the train. And then you're sort of like. What's what train do I want to get on? <laughs> like, exactly. Right? There's some
0: of this I want to keep some. Yeah, I want, exactly. obviously I want the world to get better and people to get better, but there's some of this I want to keep. because there's a we silver will go, Exactly.
1: Yeah. None of us could have ever possibly seen this coming, but it's, you know, it's one of the good things about technology. I mean, FaceTiming and and that kind of stuff is, has has changed that, you know. So
2: yeah, you've had a child. I have had a child. Yes, I have a baby. <laughs> yeah. I, have a baby. Yeah, I, I have a baby.
1: Thank you very yeah. much. Kenne- Kennedy Cruz Connolly is my the
2: name wow. of my, my baby. Wow, I, I am very excited to uh make their acquaintance when that is possible. I, Congratulations.
1: I Honestly, I'm not just saying this. My life has been a precursor to this child being born. Oh, this is what I was brought here to do for oh, me. So okay. yes. So I'm very, I'm very excited and uh, it's, it's challenging and it's, it's hard. I, I just can't wait to start teaching lessons. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, there's I don't also- know, bad cliche sayings. Like you come to the fork totally. in the road. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm writing them down. I'm lining them up. The minute she understands me, we're going to have talks yeah, all day there's long. Also the
2: short, yeah. And there's that short window when anything you say will be entertaining. to her, so <laughs> yeah. just-
1: Very short. That's going to be a long. very short window. So, Carla, <laughs> let's talk about your amazing acting career. We met on Entourage, obviously, but Carla was in This Boy's Life. Did you know that? Yes. I mean, that was. I mean, this, is, this girl's just been doing movies I, on and movies and TV shows on super high levels for years. Carla, where did this get started for you? Because before you came on, Emmanuel and I were talking about how you really embody what a true artist and absolutely. people throw that word around a lot. You are, are, are a real artist. Where where did that Where did that come from?
2: I so appreciate that. Um, really, you know, I don't know. I think, I think something early on struck me and I think it wasn't even about, um, it's a funny question. I, I think, uh, a funny question to answer. Cause it's hard to articulate these things, but, um, I remember when I was 13 and I saw Sophie's choice and I saw Silkwood and I saw this one actress, um, nobody knows her, but, She's called Meryl Streep. Yeah, um, tiny uh, Meryl and, Silkwood, and, very underrated movie, by the
1: way. For those of you that haven't is. seen it, it's Meryl Streep, but uh, at the top of her game for sure.
2: And Kurt Russell and Cher, and it holds up. It's so it's, it's such an amazing movie. But it was two totally different women that she was playing. She seemed like both. She seemed to be those women, and they were people that at thirteen I had no life experience, obviously, of anything like Sophie's Choice. Uh, And certainly nothing like Silkwood either. So, um, you know, I, I, but I kind of understood these women and I saw this, I saw the world through their eyes and I had a sense of what we would call empathy. Right. And I was so galvanized in that moment that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life was disappear into characters and hopefully learn from them uh, both about myself and the world and also give people like a, a way to see the world through something that they may never have been exposed to otherwise. And I never, even though I love to watch those movie stars who are playing versions of themselves and are awesome and you just go to the theater to see them, the movie theater, and I hope we keep going back to the movie theater. But, you know, but for me, it was more about, like, I don't want to be known for one thing. I want to be able to disappear into a bunch of different roles. Well, you, mission yeah. accomplished.
0: Mission accomplished, <laughs> accomplished
2: times 10. We're saying, like,
1: you know, we, we wouldn't, you know, there's not even a job to really stick to you. You've just done so many, so, so many much.
0: things. And, and, and you just... You're like a chameleon. Keeps going. You it just, just keeps going. lose yourself in all these different roles all the time.
2: Are
1: you a good auditioner, Carla? Is it something that you dread, hate, love, just accept that's part part of the, <laughs> the game?
2: I know, right? I would like you both to answer that question right. too, actually, because it's, <laughs> a, it's a good one. I made myself like auditions because I felt like they were an inevitable kind of like force And so I kind of, the thing that really um, shifted that for me was the moment when I, um, because of course, I mean, by the way, you're being judged, like all the things that we all know that make them, can make them crappy. But uh, I think now I also sort of yearn for just being in a room with people um, (laughs) and on a, in a creative experience. So in auditions though, it, the thing that shifted it for me was if I look at this, like I'm already, this is my moment to be the person. Like maybe I'm not going to actually get the job, but this is my opportunity to incarnate that person. Mm-hmm. Then it gives it back to me and it makes it fun. Right. You take the power back in a way. For yeah. that
1: 10 minutes or whatever it is, you are that character, whether they like it or not. You
2: are right? that. It, maybe, that's, maybe that's all you'll get of it, right? But it makes it a creative experience and an active experience instead of the thing that I think we all do, or at least I tend to do, which is What would they want me to be? And I'm trying to guess that. And then that's a disaster,
1: you know? Would you prefer a self-tape or walking into a room? Because we had Sheila Jaffe on, who's- Mm-hmm. Cast a million different things, Entourage. So awesome. And she said, yeah. um, obviously, Sheila would know that it's not even a question. If you can get in the room, it's better to get in the room in front of those people.
2: Uh, you know, it, it's so funny. I was just talking to Samantha Mathis, a fellow wonderful actor, friend. And um, she uh, she's also been, we've been basically having these conversations about the fact that now that everybody is having to put themselves on tape um, or, you know, on your phone, but that they're not getting, you're not getting in the room, we're also not getting feedback Yeah. And that's what Sheila was saying. Yeah. Yeah. So half the time you're putting yourself out there and you don't even know if they saw it. And so uh, something is like broken about that system for sure. So for me, I mean, a hundred percent, no question about it. I'd rather be in the room. And I also think that by default we've gotten this thing where like that's happening less and less. And I don't think it happened because it was a better system. It just happened because pre COVID it started happening. And then with COVID it started happening more. And you know, we're not all supposed to be great DPs and great lighting people. And then who do you have read with you? And you know what I mean? Like well, that's it's not the other weird thing. Kev's got a full studio at home. Yeah. But uh,
1: <laughs> honestly, when a friend calls you and says, Hey, you uh, put this audition on tape free, I would rather jump from the second, third balcony <laughs> into the bushes. I, totally. It, it I don't know why because I'm I'm a helpful friend. I want to help. I don't want to help you put and and you know my girlfriend Zula. She's. I put her on tape and we end up fighting by the end of it. So it's like, <laughs> right, right, am right. I just being a cameraman because that's fine, or are you? Or am I helping? <laughs> right. what, what am, am I, I director what, cameraman helping? What because I'm happy to just read the lines and press record. But if you're asking my thoughts, you know, and then she'll just do the opposite of what I say anyway. But yeah, it can be the th- the only thing about it is you can you can send in something that is representative yes. of what you, you believe. feel good about. Right.
0: You know what? It's interesting. I wish that. We were guaranteed that people watched our self-tapes because I actually feel I'm sometimes a good auditioner. I'm a great auditioner if I feel 100% ready. If I don't feel 100% ready, I don't want to go in the room. Right, right. So self-tape, for me, I get a lot of freedom uh, and I can do it my way until it's right. But then I wish that they would 100% see it. That's the conundrum. Mm -hmm.
1: These tapes, what'll happen is they'll make their rounds, right? So somebody sees it and then they, right. hey, have you seen this, this girl? And it's something to, well, if you weren't in the room, there is something to be said. But I, yeah. I would obviously have to side with Sheila. And Sheila says that it's not even a question. Get if, in the room. Get in right. the room in front of, because exactly what you're saying. You're You're not a mind reader. Maybe it just takes one note that changes the whole character.
2: Mm -hmm. the thing is like, especially if you're an actor who loves direction and, and can pivot different ways, you're like, I want to have that creative experience. Cause at least even if you don't get the role you've had, like, maybe that director is going to be someone we'll all work with in the future or, you know, but I do agree. Um, I mean, I think that well, since it is the medium of film, so to speak, it's like there is something cool about being able to control that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think, I mean, maybe it is because it's funny, uh, not just Sheila, but other casting directors are also saying like they're so overwhelmed by tape, like by like having to look at all that. I mean, you know, we all know like when you go home and you have to do homework, it's different than for them. I'm sure a day where people are coming in and out, that's an organic experience. But to have to go home and watch 50, you know, people's auditions, I'm sure that you might not watch them all. I mean, just out totally. of practicality. Mm-hmm. So it does feel like it would be so cool if there was, some way where we had like a portal <laughs> that they could be like watched and even make a comment on it. Because I think that's the thing that's so disconcerting is the is the, that so many actors just feel like it goes into the abyss. And then it feels a little weird. Like you're just like, don't know who you're doing it for. hundred percent.
1: You know, if you're staring down the barrel of having to look at 50 auditions, okay. And your first 30 seconds or so that you don't jump out at them there's a good chance that might get just skipped over right so you know your first scene should obviously
2: you know it's really weird kevin it just dawned on me as you as you brought up this boy's life because that was so long ago that uh i got that job only on a tape michael Caton jones there you Um, go really i never yeah i never even met him until i got up to vancouver and then, can we swear on this? Or yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. Uh, so then, then he uh, so literally, the, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever, 17, 18, and the first thing he says to me is, "Like, get off the plane, you know, get get to the set." I'm super nervous. It's, you know, it's Robert De Niro. It's like the whole thing, Ellen Barkin, um, and obviously Leo, but he was such a kid then too. Um, but I, I'm like so nervous to go, and and Michael Keaton Jones looks at me and goes, "You better be fucking good." <laughs> right. And I was like. Great director. Thank you. Uh, is, I think I I'm going to go have an anxiety attack now.
1: Uh, yeah. Wow. Let's talk a little entourage. Carla, D- Manuel, without looking down at your little paper there, do you know how many uh, episodes of Entourage Carla appeared in as Amanda Daniels? Do you know this number, Carla?
2: I don't. I don't actually. 12 episodes.
1: 12
0: episodes. Wow. Carla Stop it. Talk right. yeah. about magnetism. Well, that's what I'm saying.
1: That's a that's a big, you know, that's a big impact. Right? Yeah. You know, it's like, we think about Dom, Dom Lombardozzi, great actor. He did three episodes, but he somehow left this sort of, you know, a, a wake behind him, and as did Carla.
0: Yeah, you know? 100%.
1: Do you remember the first time you met Carla on Entourage? Uh,
0: when we talked about
1: yes,
2: it? Yes, on the Queen Mary.
1: The Queen Mary. Do you
2: remember that, Carla? Yeah. <laughs> I have one Such of my favorite dick. pictures of of us on the queen mary remember it was also like populated with many beautiful supermodels that day <laughs> i mean i, I think
1: um, the victoria's secrets angels were literally were, in they the were, scene right yes
2: yeah that's what it was that's exactly what <laughs> literally it was. the
1: most beautiful uh, women in the world six feet yeah. tall and no, I, I, I,
2: totally because they're also that it's that thing it's different than just regular beauty it's yeah. like it's like it's like alien beauty it's, like you're like this yes. how does this How does this happen? (laughs) Yeah, that was, you know, I got to say, like, what an incredible uh, I have only the most fond uh, memories of every aspect of Entourage from the moment that Doug reached out when I was doing Night at the Museum to how useful the whole process was to meeting one of my best friends on the planet, Emmanuel, to you. Like, like, it's like, I, I just feel like it was such a um, creative experience. I, I fucking love Amanda Daniels so much. And it was just everything, you know, you guys, uh, it's funny. Cause you know, you, you experience this all the time because you both were such an intricate part of the show and the movies. And is that like two days ago I was walking, um, and, and someone was trying to, a couple was trying to take a picture on the street in New York. And, and I said, Hey, do you want me to help you take your picture? So I'm taking the picture for these people. And these two guys walk by oh and they're probably boy. like 20, <laughs> 22 year old guys and they walk up and they're like, um, uh, are you? Amanda Daniels and I was like I was like uh yeah and and you know it was like sort of like no good deed. like I'm stuck with a camera like I don't I it's like and, I should have um, just and, kept
1: walking I should have just but kept it was walking. really
2: funny because then he's like can I take a picture with you And I'm like sure so we take a picture and then you he, got two phones. You're like, I don't know. And, and like, then who? he like takes the phone. He takes the phone back <laughs> and he goes, you're a beast. No. Uh, and, amazing. And that was it. I was like, that's my character. I mean, I'm not a beast, but she
1: was. <laughs> so you're on the uh, set of night at the museum.
2: Yeah.
1: And yeah. Doug calls or comes to the agent. Do you talk to Doug? Did he make you read? Yeah. Did he Beat up on you. Like you did Emmanuel and I. I don't go? <laughs>
2: I know. I, I am. I, I need to remember because I, I can't remember how you how it all happened. Oh, to yeah. You well, yeah, I'll tell you another time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: when you were a guest, you've already. okay. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I just remember I was shooting Night of the Museum and I got um, a call from my agents that were like, Doug Allen is interested in you for this role. Um, would you be up for getting on a, on the phone with him? And uh, so we, oh, and at that time, only the first episode of that character was written. So there was like the, you know, the floor of the Lakers game. That's scene. what I was going to say.
1: That was the first time that I met Carla was we were parking yeah. our cars and walking up to the Staples Center to go. Oh, wow. she, her first scene was a live Lakers game, which is.
0: That's Just the complicated. thing with Entourage. Everything right. is this like epic moment. What
2: right. <laughs> yeah. was your first scene? <laughs> you know? It's crazy. My right. yeah, first like scene the- was at the
1: Laker game. It was nuts.
2: Yeah. And, and I, I was like, how did they expect me to memorize my line? Like, I, I'm so distracted <laughs> by the amazing thing that's happening. Um, but you know what, Kevin? And that is a testament to you because even when we met in that parking lot, you are such a grounding presence. You are such oh, a, you. a a good human. But I'm serious. It was like, <sighs> okay, I don't know these people, but it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Like it really yeah. was
1: so intimidating. Yeah. Well, but not right. Because you you have the arsenal, you have the, <laughs> well, you have the, yeah. you have the weapons in the, uh, in the arsenal. So, you know, a lot of your scenes are with Jeremy and you're, you're going head to head. Jeremy, you know, I mean, there's a yeah. monster, right? The guy, you know, yeah. three Emmys in a row, but you've worked with the near, you've worked with, you've worked with all the greats. So yeah. are you going in thinking like, all right, You know, I'm going to go, I'm going toe to toe. I got to, got to have my A game going head to head with Piven in in, in a comedy, which is obviously different set of muscles from a Mm, drama, which you have. So tell us about your experience with Jeremy.
2: Um, well, and yeah, and so, and so sort of to dovetail into it, the, the basically, like I read that one episode and they were, and and Doug was like, here's the deal. I said, I want to do it. I I would love to do it. Let's figure this out. And he was like, well, we can totally, everything that you're going to shoot is going to be when you're wrapped on the movie, except for this one scene at the Lakers game. And that you have to do in like two weeks or whatever. Right. So, um, so that was why there was like a special amount of energy around that day, but well, Jeremy and I had worked together on, um, David Frankel's first movie called Miami Rhapsody with Sarah Jessica Parker and Antonio Banderas and the affair and jeremy and i were flying together we didn't know each other but we were flying from los angeles to miami and i just remember like meeting on the plane and kind of being like oh my god you're playing this oh my oh, we're in the movie together you know we were both i was probably 23 or something and and so um we landed and david frankel looked at both of us and was like david frankel who directed you know devil was proud on a bunch of other amazing things but he also directed he, the
1: entourage he- pilot
2: Oh, exactly. I forgot that. I totally forgot that.
0: David Frankel yeah. directed
1: the Entourage Pilot. Oh and Emmanuel no, looked not, shocked. Did you not know I, that? No, I didn't David know Frankl that. David Frankel directed the pilot for-
2: Wow. <laughs> best I love job, David.
1: best job in the history of Hollywood. You uh, come in, you knock out an episode, guys made more money than all of us put together. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. The pilot gig is the way to go. But yeah, <sighs> no, dude. You- sure. And did you know randomly? How about this? This one, I mean, you want to talk about a reality show, do you know that? David Frankel and Piven were roommates.
2: What? What? No. <laughs> yes. Yes. That never even came up. That,
1: what? Uh, it, it came up. David Frankel did the podcast and it came up. I, I, I wanted to go down that rabbit hole. I wanted to know more about it. <laughs> the conversation rolled on. We never really got to dig in, but yeah, Jeremy Piven and and David Frankel, are roommates. So stranger, Hollywood is a strange uh, place.
2: Hollywood is a strange it place. Is.
1: So you knew each other a little bit, right?
2: But we knew each other. We, we met, we got, we, we landed and he's like, your only homework is to get a tan. You, I would never believe you guys are from Miami. Like get out there. Right. So Jeremy <laughs> and I, a very quick bonding experience where all we did was like walk on the beach and then go dancing at night. Um, so I did already know Jeremy, um, which was a help, but yeah, he is, he is, he is a a monster. Like I think the thing about Jeremy that I knew from Miami Rhapsody is that, that guy is so talented. I think a lot of, you know, he's a, as you know, like Jeremy is a, is a complicated guy with a lot going on and a lot of that, feeds these characters that he plays in in a really in a really beautiful way and I kind of always just wish for him that he was like a little less hard on himself in that way but I I had I think always anytime someone artistically can up your game that's what I always want and I feel like Jeremy for sure is one of those people who is really fun to act with because it is a little bit of a tightrope and um he is specific when he's like acting there's a real there is a level that he wants to hit and that's always interesting to to play with. And also because Amanda was just written as a character that had to go toe to toe and had to actually be uh, legitimately beating him in certain scenes, so to speak. You know what I mean? So it's always fun when your character, you're like, oh, good, I, I can just go all out here. So that was really, you know. Just so amazing. I don't know. I mean, just to
0: interject, Carla, you know, it's so funny. We had this conversation with Doug a couple of times. Is that Entourage got bashed so often about being, like, male chauvinistic and well, da-da-da. five male the, leads, but... but fine. Right, right. But at the end of the day, these badass, big women characters that were written, i.e. Right, Amanda sure. Daniels, like... Strong
1: women characters, for and, sure. I mean, you know... And Sloan.
2: Mary and,
1: Reeves and Constance
2: Simmons. Oh, yeah. And also, I was actually thinking about it because we are in a moment, for justifiable reasons, where everyone's being so careful and obviously accountability needs to happen there's all of these things but i will also say that one of the things about art and being artistic and even if it is in under the guise of just entertainment is that we should be pushing limits and we should be doing things that make people uncomfortable uh not in an unsafe way but in a we're not meant to be the ones who are um sort of going with a narrative of sort of like the status quo mm-hmm. and i was actually thinking about it the other day because i was thinking I wonder, and I don't know how you guys feel about this with other characters too, but I wonder if Amanda Daniels could exist the way that she did uh now hmm. and maybe because I'm a woman, uh but I think there was something really bold about her uh and what what Doug wrote and like where he went with it um that I feel like was really cool and really empowering
0: yeah. and unexpected
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: and not pc i mean that's just the thing yeah. it's that this precisely what you're talking about is that like art is art we want to make people slightly uncomfortable we want to feel things we want to make people talk at the dinner table not be yeah, like and- oh yeah well that well, it's interesting <laughs> that
1: you say that about about pushing the boundaries. Mainly, I think about comedy. How yeah. this will affect comedy down the road, right? I mean, it's yeah. now's not the time to go pushing comedy, right? <laughs> uh, it's right. Uh, you, huh. you look at some of these yeah. things. I think a, a drama will be what a drama will be, but I wonder, you know, can you? Can, mm-hmm. How far can you push these comedies that that you know made us laugh for all these years? It's going to be interesting interesting to see, yeah. Yeah. but putting, putting chains on, on, you know, writers and directors and filmmakers and showrunners about what's funny and what's not funny. It's just, it's just going to handcuff everybody. So oh, yeah. maybe when, when yeah. it settles down and everybody just, just takes a beat and you know, that stuff all kind of just comes out in the wash, I, you know, because you're right. I think you you do have to, you got to push the envelope a little bit.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really do think like, Hey, also what's comedy has always been a great way to tell the truth through comedy, right? Like. So often something like Saturday Night Live, you're getting actually more accurate news than you are on the news, you know, and I I do feel like it's, it's, um, but there has to be a recklessness to it. And there has to be the ability to be willing to make fun, just make fun of things that are very serious because it's the way comedy and tragedy have always intermingled, you know, and, and it does. uh, So I agree with you. I, I think, I think, um, there's going to be a, a a time where we're we're not in this moment that we are in right now. And it's not to say that there's not a lot of progress in really good ways being made right now. But yeah, we still have to be able to to play.
1: We talk about Kevin Dillon pushing hard for the reboot. You know, it, it's funny because Doug was very anti-reboot. He's sort of warmed up to it.
0: It's sort right. of. Yeah, I feel like but, he's no, boosting. But, uh, yeah,
1: it is. But I, I think for a while, I think I think Doug feels uh, not not stung, but I mean, I think he feels like yeah. Look, the right. show got nominated for six Emmys in a row and all the stuff, and we were critical darling for a second, and and then everybody
0: kind right. of turned. Right, and out. now uh, and HBO? he's he's
1: right to feel the way he takes it mm-hmm. a little personal, which he shouldn't. Um, yeah, how could
2: he not, right?
1: right? of course. Like, he put so much into it. So it, for him, it's uh, a sensitive topic. But what do you think a reboot looks like today? Of our show. Of Entourage, yeah. I mean, can you do it? I guess here's my point. I almost believe that a, a reboot would be more interesting now than it would have been five years ago.
0: I couldn't right, agree am I right about more right that. Do you agree that.
1: with that, Carla? Meaning that for sure. just these guys, however many years later, is whatever. So it's a time cut, right? As opposed to these guys navigating the new world. Amanda right. Daniels included, right? Ari, everybody. What does everybody. that... What, Turtle, what does that world... How do these guys navigate that in this day and age is more interesting than just a regular old reboot, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. What do you think, Carl? And
2: also, yeah, to find, the, the as you're saying, comedy in it, but also to see these characters grappling with this world right. <laughs> is <So> funny, good. <laughs> but, but also insightful. Right. Um, and, and also possibly, which I know is, you know, it's like, this is a little earnest, but you'll know what I mean, I think, is like, also like really um revealing like like let's deal with again as we're talking about this it's like let's deal with the complexity of dynamics between men and women and and in this business and how we want to be perceived and you know all the kind of themes that entourage um explored i i mean i would be very curious to see these guys yeah
1: because also you couldn't water it down Emmanuel, we're talking about before where where you get that role and you're like, look, there's there's no there's no halfway here. You got to go all the way go for it. Go big
0: or go home. Right,
1: go the- big or or go home. And that's really, I think, the scariest thing about the reboot is that if you if you took your foot off the gas and didn't go right at it, yeah. Nobody would want to see a watered-down version. It would have to be Entourage, as it existed then, just in a new world. Just
2: now. Yeah. I agree. So I
0: agree. Interesting.
2: I was just watching Hacks. Have you guys seen Hacks? With Gene Smart. It is so good. But it's also, it's actually worth watching because it's great comedy that is pushing certain limits in really kind of like refreshing ways. I've heard that. What is it? Okay, it's called Hacks. What is it? Hacks. Hacks. It's Netflix. No, it's HBO, right? Gene Smart. It's, um, It's HBO. Yeah. It's okay.
1: HBO Max. Okay, so they're p- yeah. so um, HBO Max is pushing the envelope. Oh, by, the
2: way, by the way, what I also <laughs> do have to say, um, speaking of HBO, because it's super exciting, um, which is that Jet, the show that I that I did, um uh that Sebastian Gutierrez and I did together, um, with Giancarlo Carlos and a bunch of amazing people. We did it for Cinemax. Uh, Warner Media bought HBO, Cinemax disappeared entirely. The show got all these really amazing reviews, people really responded to it, but then people couldn't find it. There's no Cinemax anyway. It just came on HBO Max and it's now. Now, um available on streaming. Yes. So season I'm 1 so of perfect. Jet is now available. So we will check yes. that out. Fantastic. What a great
1: thing that this that this can happen now with these streaming services. I know. Yeah. Right? So here's a show that got kind of lost in the shuffle and has found a yeah. home. It's amazing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. so it's great amazing. that we can do that. Do you know a fun digress? My CW show Superman and Lois streams yeah. on HBO Max. Yeah. It's just so great because also it invites another audience. Exactly. That wouldn't necessarily the, tune into the CW.
1: Listen, just, just the streaming game. service and all. I, I I don't know if you guys, during the pandemic, there was a second burst of like entourage fans. Because I oh, kids yeah. come up to me, yeah. I'm like, you're 15. For sure. <laughs> you're 15. You were no, not sure. born when the show went off the air. Totally. How, how are you watching the show? So, I'm you know, so it, it, it this, the streaming services allow us to discover these yeah. shows like they're yeah, right absolutely. there. Boom. You press the button. It's, it's amazing. Carla, what do you think about the Netflix as opposed to film? And you know, and you know, Netflix is officially now the biggest studio in the history of the world.
0: I mean, digest I guess that sense. one, right? I mean, it's,
1: it's yeah. crazy. How do you feel about Netflix as opposed to the theaters? How do you feel about the validity of, mm-hmm. of movie being a
2: Netflix original?
1: Yeah. I mean, can it compete?
2: You know, I think, I think there's no doubt that like, just what em was saying about exposure right is that th- there is something really amazing about the fact that your movie comes out on netflix and the world can see it like that is big right and super cool um, i do still love the the ritual of the magic of going in and having of course a you interview. do you're
1: old school you know? you're you want to go so to the theater school. right I, I know right i like getting my seat i do i like to go to the movie theater I, you know so and totally. and i you mentioned earlier but that that will come back So, speaking of Netflix, Gunpowder Milkshake, which Emmanuel Shrieky, without even knowing she was doing homework, watched it last night. I
0: watched it last night. You Yes, I did. So, check this out. Netflix had sent, you know, a little package and a little thing, and I was like, um, yes. So, I watched (laughs) it, babe, and it was so good. You're, of course, I was like, I, you know, whenever I watch you, Carla, I just want to only watch you. <laughs> like just,
1: like Emmanuel, no. you got I mean the, the, the love between you guys is real. Is, is incredible. I know. It is I real. was it is like- real.
2: For you to say that to me is, you know, means the world because you know the feeling is entirely mutual oh, on such a personal level. Thank you. Um, but I'm Carla. looking.
1: I'm looking at my my thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, well, you know, it's av- it's out today. By the way, Gunpowder Milkshake huh? is available on Netflix. Manuel's like, yeah, I already saw that. I'm like, well, how is that <laughs> possible? It hasn't come out yet, and she saw it. So, so yeah. um, tell us how. Tell us about Gunpowder yes. Milkshake.
2: You're, you're such a good podcast host. Em, oh my and God. Like yes, Berlin she theater. is. Uh, yeah, it is. It is really. It, it's cool. It's um, we shot it in Berlin right before the pandemic. That was a movie that, by the way, was supposed to come out through Canal Plu, the company that we made it with um, and uh, and another film company and, and come out in all the theaters. And the way this movie is working, which is kind of a cool combination of all these elements, is it's on Netflix starting. Um, yeah, it's it's on Netflix.
0: Now, then it
2: also is going to be for one week um, in a thirty-five millimeter print at the New Beverly in Ooh, Los Angeles. That's so good. Um, cool, which is super exciting. And then it's also internationally in theaters all around the world. So it's got a super cool combo. It's it's kind of like the dream of what we're talking about right now, which is like something for everybody, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, so it's basically it's about three generations of assassins, um, all women, and it's also kind of about motherhood and uh, and the fact that you know, you get no rule book for being a parent, so you kind of mess up and then your, your kids resent you for it. And yeah, you do. Something. Yeah, you you, do. you can explain it to them, but, or they can explain it to us, depending on which you know side of the spectrum you're on, but basically Lena Headey plays, um, uh, she's a badass assassin. She actually chooses to disappear in order to save her daughter. Of course, her daughter feels totally abandoned. Her daughter played by Karen Gillan, who becomes an assassin in her own right. Um, She is a, you know, she's never been opposed to to killing. And until she comes upon this young girl and she realizes she she has to help try to protect this girl. So she goes back to um, her surrogate family of these three librarians played by Angela Bassett, Michelle Yeoh, and myself. And we're going to find out that they also were assassins and sort of arms dealers. The, the library isn't what you think it is. And ultimately, uh, you know, they're going to fight the system. It's
0: so great, so it's Carla. A- it's so um, Kev, you'll appreciate this. It's such a stylized film. That's
1: why it's playing at the New Beverly. That's quite a yeah. the Tarantino's Makes theater. So- they play like that's Makes the movie theater. Makes so much experience,
0: sense. Right. And you know what, too? I'm like I I I wish that I could have seen the first showing. In a giant theater because it's I wish could have, visually stunning, right? Yeah, it's stunning, and the music, the soundtrack. Yeah. Is uh, now I
1: now I feel like a bad. I'm the only <laughs> no. one. Uh, I'm the only one here that has <laughs> has not seen Gunpowder Milkshake, but I will watch it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I love that stuff, and that's the other thing about about netflix and sometimes it can be hard to get to the theater i'm not going to start blaming my baby already but it is a thing you can't just jump no, in the totally, car so totally. you do get to see movies that you might not be able to make it out and see and for that sure. is the beauty and if you want to see it on the big screen you can see it yeah. so you're right it, it's for the best of both exactly. worlds
2: and by the way it's also um for those of you listening and who want to go to a theater it's also in 10 theaters around the country out of all the ipix um Love so,
1: the IPICS. Ooh, i hate to sound now. like a snob but i only go to ipix by is that a the snobby way thing to say. Not at all. (laughs) I like to lay
2: down. Uh, I like to lay down with a blanket. Well, by the way, I was also going to say this movie, as you can attest, Em is like exactly what you would like. Go have a cocktail, have some popcorn. Like it's a very it's a visual.
0: It's excellent, and not for nothing. But you, as this sexy ass librarian, does she kill a bunch of people? I mean, I can't
2: even (laughs) give it away, but it's
1: (laughs) you. So you're a librarian on the outside, but you're not a librarian (laughs) on
0: the
2: inside. But she she does genuinely Love books, also. Oh, she yeah. Is, she is the yes, the representative of uh, of literature. Oh, it's just kinda...
0: so good, babe. It was excellent. That's Thank amazing. You.
1: Congratulations. And lastly, wanted to mention one of the things where I I feel lucky about. Like, you know, we we've had people on uh, on the podcast and we talk to them, and it's you realize, wow, I never had. Kevin Dillon will say, like, you know, I never had a scene with. Right. Whoever, yeah. right? They, like, Autumn yeah. Reeser was here. I never, ever, ever saw Autumn Reeser on set. Never <laughs> right. ran into her at base camp. Never. Yeah. That does that did happen on Entourage because there were storylines that were so separate that you didn't always get to be, 100%. you know.
0: 100%. I didn't get
1: to meet Eminem. I'm devastated. It I worked. wasn't in that scene, but he was just there for the day. But I, I, I was fortunate enough to work with both of oh, you guys. When Perry was here, Perry and I, in all of those years in Entourage, were in one shot. One shot.
0: Uh, One shot where it was
1: just her and I, yeah. Yeah, one shot where it was just her and I. No. I'm leaving the house and like we walk by each other in the doorway. And I remember Perry and I, like, I don't know, what can we do? We can't make it. A- oh. We really tried to make something out of that moment. But we- I remember we just Perry and to each tell other. me
0: that too. She right. wanted to have a scene with you so much yeah, she because she was only with Jeremy.
1: <laughs> right. That's a, You know, it's like Jeremy would say the same thing. Jeremy was like, oh, you, you guys were at that shooting a cool bar scene. I was holed up in the office with Rex
0: for, right. <laughs> for two
1: days. <laughs> Yeah, so well,
2: it is true that like yeah, the world of Ari was sort of like this. Yeah,
1: it's a logistical film thing, right? So his a lot of his scenes were in the office. So you would spend that day doing all of his scenes in the office. So I was lucky enough. But did you get? I mean, you and I and Adrian had some great stuff together. Were you in scenes with? Did did you and Emmanuel cross paths? Did you only on the Queen Mary? That was it, huh? Yeah,
0: we were in a group scene. I mean, this is what's so.
1: That's wild.
0: It's so wild. It's so amazing about like the friendship of Carla and I because it was like we met. Thank goodness because of Entourage, we were in this party scene on the ship, and that was
1: a long day.
0: It was a long day, but it was like a fun day, and we just like
1: I'm a whiner. I'm cold. (laughs) We
0: were talking about how Kevin and I got lost on the ship. We actually went on a walk. And that's got how watched. bored we were. Right? That's how bored we were. Let's take <laughs> really a walk stupid. on the
1: haunted ship and see if, this, see if this thing really has any ghosts. But so you but guys no, were only—that's so the only time you guys walked together. It. And on. we
0: were talking and chatting and chatting. We just and never you know, stopped talking. Right? We never you're still stopped going. talking. And you know when you meet <laughs> like, somebody and you're like, okay, we 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 have to. Let's grab a dinner. Let's grab a drink. Like, for sure, let's make this happen. And 95% of the time, it's like in the moment, you really felt it, but there's no follow-through. Correct two weeks later we were like so
1: <laughs> I mean I see you guys I'm like wow they, they really hit it off those two oh. I like I see you guys and
2: I, I also feel like another connection again came from Entourage because I was then going to do Watchmen right. with Zack Snyder and Malin Ackerman right. and M was like of course because of your threesome scene yeah. she's like you're gonna love Malin yeah. <laughs> and uh cut to like that happened yeah was so mad. sometimes you leave a set and you're fully
1: oh, it's not like a phony fake Hollywood thing sometimes you fully believe, wow, I'm going to be friends with this person. You really do. You leave there thinking that. And then life gets in the way, right? And it, and it, and it doesn't always work out. It's never ill-intended, but never. Ill-intended, rarely yeah. do you go, you know, look, you, you make li- true lifelong friends on a, on a show. It's just funny to me that you guys were only in that one scene That's together. It. Did you have any Christ scenes with, with Dylan uh-huh. or Jerry?
2: I mean, group stuff, but I, I really, it really was mostly just Adrian, Jeremy, you. That was the majority of because Constance, I didn't get to, uh, Perry, I don't think we had, we were in a scene together maybe. Um, Well, there's these but group yeah, I, scenes
1: where we're like, well, we were all exactly. in that, at the wedding totally. or we were all at the ball mitzvah or whatever the, I, the event of the moment might've yeah. been, but.
2: You know what's something worth mentioning though, you guys, cause you know how like, like anything, things can become clicks, you know, and you guys were on the show for a while and, you know, I came into it and, and, uh, You were all so welcoming. And I think that's really actually worth mentioning because as we all know, right? Like that does not always happen. Like so often you can come on and feel kind of like, um, I don't know, just sort of like, you know, you're in, it's like high school again. And of course there's clicks and you're sort of, you know, tolerated, but not. And instead you guys really, it wasn't felt like a family so quickly.
1: It's true. If you were to look at it, you go, Oh my God, imagine the clicky. It was actually the opposite of clicky. Yeah. I, I don't even really know why that is. Uh, you know, it just, yeah. I think
0: it's a testament to you. Yeah. Well, Kev of course is going to be all humble and modest, but Kev is, he was the commander of the ship. Of The Queen you... Mary? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen Mary. <laughs> But he was, like, and that's how you roll through life, and that's what translated on the set.
1: Yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good bunch, and even, you know, Doug and these guys, they, they had this 100. thing, but it just was, you know, all, it was always, it was, it was And it fun. was
0: fun, it was always, like, popping, like, there was always this yeah. excitement on wow. set of, like, the location, like, what cool place were we shooting at? Totally right? What great wardrobe were we wearing? Yeah. What great guest star was there going to be?
1: Emmanuel would yeah. be like, you got to see this dress that I'm wearing two episodes from now. I'm like, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, do I have to go right now? Okay, check it out after we wrap. Maybe I'll swing through the... Uh-
2: right the but second I go, yeah no the,
1: it was fun to get the play I mean and, and I'm sure for play. sure for the women like with the wardrobe right it's a field day right
2: the wardrobe was off the hook for it was sure. right off the hook
1: Perry yeah. said the same thing Perry was like talking about her lingerie she's like oh I picked that lingerie oh, I yeah. love that lingerie you so, Can,
0: Perry's bathing suits and right. lingerie and dresses. all of our dresses let's be honest yeah uh, Kevin Dillon was the real appreciator he, of all the boys. Carla, of all the boys, he's the one that was always. Like, what a great
1: nuts. shade of green! What
0: a great dress! I
1: love that shade of green. It's my favorite <laughs> yeah. shade of green. What's that? That's <laughs> awesome. No, it really, it really was. It was, it was a fun bunch, and it was, it was special. And, and it's, it's funny that I knew that was the first day that we met. But that being your first scene is a bit of a mindfuck.
2: That like, is crazy.
1: I don't think anybody really knew what we were doing. We we're like sitting on the floor at the Laker games and the ADs are sitting in the row behind us, like tapping on our no. chairs when the cameras are rolling wow. and the basketball and, game's happening. Yeah. It was pretty And we well. were in
2: Joel Silver's. We were in Joel Silver's seats, I think, right? I think we were.
1: We were in Joel Silver's I feel Silver's like we were so perfect.
2: And then you guys have this podcast, which is so awesome and like poof. Out of this Who, which one of you
1: guys was, was So I channel? I have a Action Park Media which is a, a podcast network. So we have like 15 podcasts that run through here. I w- had the idea.
2: Fancy. I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I had the idea, and I, you know, was sort of pitching it to Doug, and you know, and uh, you know, I just kept sending them articles, like Soprano's guy, you know, like the Soprano's guys, like all these people who were doing this and you know having success at it. So it took a little time to get it going, but now we're in here. We have a we have a great time. It's the dog days of summer. It's just you know, it's it's hard. I mean, we've done in just over a year, we've done like eighty five episodes of the podcast, which uh, which is a lot. Doug's currently on strike at the moment. Um, <laughs> By I the way. Know, I mean, that me, personally
2: that no you no know, no it's for, <laughs> no. for sure more probably about me. <laughs> i would say that
1: i'm the one that should take it personally and not You'll you. get the wrath. yeah 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 no it's not, definitely not your fault so um but all right carla gunpowder milkshake available now on netflix and also jet oh, so carla's on netflix and hbo max season one of jet uh-huh. on hbo max which i love by the way HBO Max is amazing. Yeah, amazing. So check both of these things out, Carla. We caught you. Thanks for taking your time on a press day. I know you're busy. Do you have a jam-packed day?
2: Not too much left. This is the highlight of my day for sure.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us.
2: That was awesome, you're babe. Amazing. you
0: know. You look beautiful. Congratulations on everything, honey. I mean, she Just looks so
1: exactly excited. the same. It's like, out of out control.
2: I know, I know. Exactly it's, it's not right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Carla, we uh, love you.
2: Emanuel Shrieky is the most beautiful woman in the world. I was going to say.
1: She's not too shabby um, herself. Not too shabby herself. Uh,
2: right. Love you guys so much. And this was the, the treat of all treats, Em, that you were actually here today, too. So fun. Um, sending you guys so much love from New York City.
1: Good luck, Carla. Gunpowder Milkshake and Jet on HBO Max. Carla's amazing.
2: God, right? Great to see her. Oh, it was
0: so good to see her. It was so fun to be the three of us. Yeah,
1: it was. It was conversational. We yeah. covered. Uh, we covered all the all, all the all the good stuff. And it's just watching you guys. You know, it, it's nice to to be a part of something that. Forge so many bonds. Yeah. And you could just see the, the love that, that you guys have between each other is palpable. That's I
0: it is. know. It's palpable. It's real. But it's, you know what, Kev? It just, it always goes back to that thing that I've said over and over and over again. Entourage is simply one of the greatest, most important chapters of my life. You're right. It was defining. Right. It's not how I got my SAG card, it's not but how it got, was How did you get your SAG defining. card? We never got there.
1: You're, you, I noticed you ducked that question. <laughs> what?
0: I... Honestly, don't, don't even remember. Know. It might have been a, a little indie film that I did with Jonathan Tucker. Do you know Jonathan? Tucker? course. Duncan? Called a um, hundred girls. A hundred girls. Yeah.
1: That was it's, your. Th- and, it's and, an old and, one. And, But what was the one that moved you to California? Moved you to LA? Snow Day. Snow Day. That's a good one.
0: That was a big. Yeah, that was your big, paramount,
1: big enough to go. I'm going to California. Yeah, I'm going out for the bright lights of Hollywood. Going back to Cali. <laughs>
0: going back to Cali. How was
1: your first uh, experience being a? Podcast host, you were the host. You hosted. You knew the movie. You did the research. That I mean, incredible. that's
0: very generous, Kev. I feel like I was your sidekick.
1: You were able to speak intelligently about <laughs> the cinematic vision, uh, the visual style of this movie,
0: which you would so appreciate. By the way, um, it was fun. I love. I love. I told you. I love doing this with you. It's so much fun. Alright, Well,
1: we'll have to get you back. we, yeah. we You know what I want to do? Would be fun one to do as well as me, you, chair. We got to get. We got yeah. to get. As much of the- the yes. as we can get back together. So...
0: I would love when Jer is next in town to do like a mini reunion.
1: Do you know that he sent me a picture during you know, that wedding was four years ago?
0: I know, Kev.
1: Crazy. That's
0: insane. And
1: you've been on my family clear plan ever since... <laughs>
0: I believe I just emailed you. Yes. Can you please Emmanuel, Emmanuel me
1: sends me an email says, are you keeping me on the clear family plan? I was like, fuck, at this point, it's been a million years. It's funny because I I I traveled on Saturday for the day and I used my clear. I'm like, well, thank God, Emmanuel re-upped it. I might have to wait on this line. So Emmanuel is on my uh, family clear plan for life four years now. It automatically goes onto my credit (laughs) card as Emmanuel bounces around, cutting line to line at different airports across the world.
0: But you know what? It just kind of makes me happy just knowing that. Like every time I go to the airport and I go through clear, I'm like, Hey, Kev. It's, like a
1: clear. it's amazing. I, I think of you when I do the clear, too. And we signed up that day. <laughs> yeah. We took our weird pictures. For Jerry's wedding. <laughs> for Jerry's wedding. But yeah, Jerry, can you believe that was four years ago? No. That's yeah. crazy. Jerry's and he's got two, two kids. kids. And
0: you have one. Yeah. And what's we gotta, happening? We
1: got to get, you know, Jerry, uh, you know, I guess he's not, he, he doesn't come. That's the other thing, bad thing about the Zooms, right? You can do so much from your home or wherever, like, until you have to be there. You have to be there. And I get it now. With young kids, it's hard. It, it, it changes everything in, with regards to traveling and all that.
0: For sure. I mean, Unless the idea you of, have to, you won't.
1: Right. But what if they make you bump? What if they make me bump you off with a clear plan for Kennedy? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I would never let that happen. I will sep- <laughs> you will see a my separate. <laughs> yeah, Manuel was like, uh, I didn't mean that. Start a separate separate plan. We'll add to the family plan. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, Manuel, thank you so much for joining us so on fun, Victory, the babe. podcast. Love you. See you soon. Same.